This is The Guidebook, raw conversations with risk takers about adventure, life, work, and the emotions behind it all. We're unveiling the challenges and joys of adventure to inspire you to go out and take the risk. Did you get laid off due to coronavirus? Are you feeling uncertain about your future? This is your opportunity to make an income this week through freelance writing. The time to monetize your writing is now. Not only will you be more stable in times of struggle like this, but you'll also be able to make your own schedule and have flexible time to go on more adventures. If you want to get started freelance writing today, sign up for a free 20-minute mini coaching session with me, a real freelance writer. I'll help you get your first client this week. You can come back from your coronavirus financial issues starting today. Sign up at trailnamehere.com slash freelance. That's trailnamehere.com slash freelance. This episode was sponsored by Wanderers Outpost, the outdoor retail company empowering and educating women one adventure at a time. Find them at wanderersoutpost.com or wanderersoutpost on Instagram. This episode was sponsored by Freiburg Motors, Mount Washington Valley's number one choice for European automotive sales and service. Find them at 299 Main Street in Freiburg, Maine, online at freibergmotors.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash freibergmotors. This episode was sponsored by Phaeton Motorworks, offering services and upgrades for Volkswagen Vanagons, Westies, and Eurovans, plus repairs for your everyday driver. Find them at 4122 Bennett Memorial Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at phaetonmotorworks.com. Our music today is from the Free Music Archive. This track was created by Ketza. Welcome back to the guidebook, y'all. This is a second part of a two-part episode featuring Tyler Lau, trail name The Prodigy. If you missed the first half of this episode, I strongly encourage you to go listen to it. It is episode two of the guidebook. Prodigy has hiked over 8,000 miles in his lifetime, including the PCT, the JMT, and the CT. He is one of nine people who have completed a calendar year triple crown and the first person of color to do so. He's an active advocate for conservation and diversity in the outdoors. In this episode, we get even deeper than the first. We talked for over an hour, so I split our conversation into two parts, hence this being the second part. (laughs) In this portion of my conversation with Prodigy, we delve into more feelings. This is a humble, determined, human conversation, and I'm so glad we got to make it happen. We talk about never wanting to thru-hike again when he came home from his calendar year Triple Crown, PTSD from the calendar year Triple Crown, going back to work after his big hike, deciding to try through hiking again, losing yourself to through hiking, reminders that the trail is all about the people, post-trail depression, crying at Elena Osborne's short film on YouTube, recapturing the feelings of trail that you missed, and the importance of volunteering after a through hike. This two-part episode has some really great in-depth conversation with Prodigy. I strongly encourage you to listen to both parts. I'm really grateful to Prodigy for coming on this episode and connecting with me. This content is what I live for, and I hope you love it too. If you love this episode, please support the show. You can share, rate, subscribe, or review the show for free, which is a huge help to us. 
If you really, really love it and you want more episodes more often, you can donate to paypal.me slash trailname here or click the link in our bio. Every cent that is donated goes to the server fees to get the show from my computer to your device. It costs me over $200 per year, and if every listener donated just $1, it would be completely covered. Advertising only covers about an eighth of the show's fees so far, not including the time I spent creating the show. If you want to advertise on the show, email here at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm extremely humbled and grateful that you're all here. If you want to hear more about the ups and downs of podcasting and the motto I'm trying to live by, stay through to the end for a bonus clip. Really appreciate you being so candid because I think for a lot of people, this would be too hard to talk about on a podcast. And this is the stuff that I live for on podcasting. So, um, yeah, this is this is great. Anyway, um, (laughs) I guess one of the biggest things that I thought about when I saw what you were doing on Instagram was isn't he ever really lonely? And I know that you've like sort of touched on it in some Instagram posts before, but would you be willing to talk about how you sort of dealt with uh, being alone for so many stretches of time? I know some people enjoy it. I enjoy it too. But for those of us who maybe don't understand. (laughs) You're specifically talking about being on trail. Yeah. I mean, on trail in general, but also like I don't know your I guess we haven't really talked about what you're doing now um since your triple crown hike if you want to do that first and then I don't know uh I mean I I well let, let's go through the isn't he very lonely on trail yeah yeah <laughs> yes I was lonely as hell yeah. um <laughs> it sucked because when I got hurt graduate t-rex kept going so I lost the two people that, I mean, not that I hiked with them again, because they, again, have literally the fastest people I've ever hiked with, <laughs> uh, or tried to hike with, and uh, it was just one of those things, like, I knew I wasn't going to see anybody at the next water stop, or the next shelter, or wherever, so that became a struggle, and again, it just amplifies all the thoughts in your own head, so I remember... Uh, getting to Vermont and just thinking as it started snowing, I was like, of course, it's snowing. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and, uh, just thinking like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm not having any fun. This is stupid. And I remember calling a friend and she said the best thing a friend could say. <laughs> <laughs> Because at that point, I told her I was done and I was over it and it just wasn't for me anymore. And she said, whatever decision you make is going to be the best decision for you and I'm here to support you. That's right. And in a way, I took it as, you're right, I should give it another day. (laughs) And it just became that struggle of day by day can mm-hmm. i make it to town because it got to the point i know this is going to piss a lot of people off i ended up doing road walking on the at because it was so snowy mm-hmm. and i had to get to town every night that was the only way i could get like there was so many stretches where when i did stay in a shelter like it was freezing oh yeah like, my I know. Were freezing, even as i slept with them 
Mm-hmm. So, like, that was brutal. Um, so, yeah, I got to the point where can I make it another day? It really became a day at a time, even more so than the trails out west where you can just crank miles because of the daylight mm. and um, just the way the trails are built. But on the AT, as you know, it's not easy, especially when you lose daylight, mm-hmm. uh, daylight savings and, you know, early snow and everything. Yeah, I got really lonely and I I wrote about it, I think the anniversary of my finish of just calling it like this, this wasn't a pretty hike. This wasn't a fun hike. This was a grind. I contemplated stopping many a time, but it it got back to the points where I'd rethink why I was out there, Mm. why I was doing it. And it wasn't just for me. I mean, part of it, a part of every through hike, depending on, you know, who you are, it's, it's about, can you physically and mentally do it? You know, yeah. there's that ego that plays a part, a big part for some people, mm-hmm. not, not a big part for others. And that's why I tell people the AT broke me. <laughs> and that's, is no joke. I still have PTSD from it. I was oh just on the call with someone about that. And I was done hiking after that. Yeah. I didn't want to see another long trail all i wanted to do was car camp if i ever went camping again mm. and, like be able to bring everything that i wanted <laughs> yeah i got back and just stared at a wall for like three weeks i didn't know how to comprehend anything or like even after finishing and you know being able to like have someone there that's triple crown before in cashmere who you know like could somewhat understand a lot of the things I was going through, but also it's so unique, mm-hmm. the experience you have of trying something like that, overcoming what you've overcome, not just on trail, but everything we talked about in the first part of this podcast, like trying to overcome all these barriers and ceilings and walls and like, it's tough because you only have so much capacity for compassion and like self love and self care. and Mm -hmm. You forget a a lot of it. So that's something I did struggle with. And I still do a little bit. Um, I don't hate the AT. Let me put it that way. (laughs) If I were to do another trail again, it's not on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Again, given it was part of something bigger, it was the wettest year on record. Yeah. It was a very late solo start. All these things played a factor. Um, But again, like every year is different. Mm -hmm. And who knows, maybe in 20 years, someone (laughs) will convince me to do it. Do you Uh, think that you'll you'll through hike again a different trail maybe? Like, Uh, yeah, decided to get on the Colorado trail last year. Because I I just had this nagging feeling at work. So after the trail, I I decided to go work for a gear company in the outdoor industry. And um, realized that I wasn't really happy about how the previous year had ended. And how like I was really not living the life I thought I was going to live. And so I decided one day, like, I got to go try it again. 
so I called, messaged two friends actually who'd never met each other. And I was like, hey, what are you guys doing? I think I'm going to go do the Colorado Trail. <laughs> <laughs> like in in like a week's time. I was like, I, I, I'm going to buy a flight right now. <laughs> so they wow. were both like, like, yeah. And we met up. And then after the first... So I, I didn't see them that first night because I kept hiking because that was just the mindset I was still in still in after the AT. It was like, I'm going to hike until it's 9 p.m. because I have to make these miles. Yeah. Which sucks. But I didn't realize it till after the first morning. That next morning was the last time I saw them because I just kept going. Whoa. I was so, it was so ingrained in me. Like, I was still, like, scared not to slow it not to be able to like slow down and smell the roses like i said earlier of just like being in the moment mm. i was stuck in the mindset of like i have to make miles i have to get to this site in order to get to durango so i can catch a flight at this time and yeah it <laughs> it wasn't until like the second night no what was it so that second day i ran into someone i'd seen on the pct actually i went out and did a lot of trail magic last year um, like helping out at the Andersons who have retired. Um, but I met this guy swoops and just remember like he had just graduated high school, mm-hmm. uh, and went out and tried the PCT and apparently got off before the Sierras cause he wasn't feeling it, but he got on the Colorado trail and ended up running into him. I was like, Oh wait. And it was after that night that I saw him. So I didn't actually hike with him very much, but, uh, it just made me realize, like, I forget that the people are a big part of this. Mm. And, like, on my calendar triple, I didn't get to hike with people, really, because I was doing more miles than everybody. I had to make more miles than everybody. I was hiking into the dark. I was hiking at 4.30 in the morning. and That's insane, it, yeah. Yeah, so after that experience, and when I got to Breckenridge, I'm met these two other hikers it was the, both their first through hikes and ended up finding out that one of them lived in Breckenridge but they didn't want to go to his house because he was trying really hard not to go home and I'm like we're a mile from the road I'm not gonna push you to say don't go home but dude <laughs> um, shout out to them if they're listening but uh, eventually we all came to the agreement because the wind picked up and there was no good place to camp. So if you ever do the Colorado Trail, that section right before Breckenridge, yeah, there's no safe spots to camp. Um, good to know. <laughs> I'd but, love to do the Colorado Trail. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I would recommend it. But uh, we got to Breckenridge and ended up just going to his place. But then I ended up, I made a very stupid mistake and had a bad burrito and got food poisoning. Oh, no. And, uh, realized then that I didn't need to do the whole trail because I'd already done a lot of it the year before because the CD, the Continental Divide Trail and the Colorado Trail share a lot of miles, Mm -hmm. depending on who you ask, up to 300. So that first section that I'd done wasn't part of the Colorado or the Continental Divide Trail. So I'd connected that. Then I realized I don't have to do this next section. I've already done it. I don't have to through hike. I don't have to do 40 miles in a day. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I went 
went to Leadville and hung out with some friends who I'd met the year before. Like, thank, thank you, Groucho and Harpo, for letting me stay at your place while I was sick. Um, and then uh, decided I was going to hike some 14ers. Did a few 14ers, felt better, and then went to uh, the last section where the Colorado Trail and Continental Divide Trail split off and connected that after debating oh i should clarify food poisoning wasn't fully gone apparently because then i vomited uh that last section had to get off trail luckily (laughs) luckily the trail provides and i met this couple doing a random hike literally the randomest peak like no one goes out and does that peak and was able to hitch a ride from them back down and wow dressed up and but i finished on a you know i let me backtrack I did say I didn't have to do 40 miles. I had like 50 miles left. So the old me kind of came out. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to do 50. See if I can do 50. And I hiked nonstop, slept for like two hours and uh, pulled a 50. Damn. <laughs> and, uh, but I also realized like, you know what? I did that because it was my choice. Yeah. I didn't do that because of the mentality I had from the previous hike. So mm. I was way more comfortable with that decision as opposed to just starting the trail off like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I, man, my friend should be able to keep up. And yeah, it didn't, it, I didn't wake up. I was, I was still stuck. And it took that experience to realize, like, I don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have to represent anything to anybody else other than myself and the goals and causes I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I felt a lot better after finishing it. I I am a section hiker. Woo. Um, (laughs) I can hike the Colorado Trail, 18, 19. Um, But after that, yeah, I ended up going and doing a bunch of 14ers and had way more fun. Mm. And, that's dope. Um, yeah, we go out for these hikes, a lot of us trying to find ourselves. But I lost myself. Yeah. And it, it took going to Colorado to remind myself not to lose myself. <laughs> <laughs> that makes any sense. It's cool. We can ride that hula hoop all day. <laughs> so I'm writing a book about post-trail depression. I know I reached out to you um, sort yeah. of about it, but... You've been through more hikes than anyone else I know. Did you have post-trail depression after your first through hike? And do you think it got better after that or worse? Uh, Yes. My first one, yes, it was very apparent after a few days. But that last day, that last morning, we knew we had like, I forget, like 18 miles or something. I was talking with two other guys, uh, Siri and Blue, and we decided at some point, like the last six, seven miles, we all wanted to hike on our own and kind of just be on our own thoughts and minds as we got closer to this marker that's supposed to end our journey, <laughs> of, you know, being on the trail. And, and I ended up in front because I think they'd stop to get water, and I just like, I got enough, I'll keep going. And I was just in my own head. And again, I had these expectations, 
I wanted to, I had this playlist of songs I was going to sing. Cause again, I didn't have a music player or anything. I was going to bust out in song and record myself with my, <laughs> uh, this camera that I borrowed from Siri, but I wasn't paying attention. And for anybody that does the PCG going Nobo, you can see the monument from the last, uh, switchback, which I didn't know. Cause I was so focused on what I was going to do. And then I got there not realizing it. And there was someone who had flip flop that looked at me and said, is it appropriate to say congratulations? And I looked up like, wait, what? And realized I was there. <laughs> like, wait, what? Um, I don't like it when people tell me congratulations before I get to the finish of a hike. You know, you get that like, everywhere like oh congratulations i'm like yeah but i'm not really not really to my goal yet but i get what you're saying and i mm-hmm. appreciate positive energy just you know like it's it's just weird that's one of those things for me like i don't especially when you're like 50 miles away i'm like i'm not there yet anything can happen <laughs> yeah um, yeah stop jinxing me please <laughs> but i i'm telling you all of this because it's going to lead up to answering your question <laughs> i believe in you <laughs> yeah, we, we do those last miles into vancouver or to manning park and um, get a ride from a friend that siri had met who was doing the jmt like that's the beauty of this trail you just meet people and you connect and like i never would have met this girl rachel if it wasn't for siri and then we ended up spending two days in vancouver uh which I didn't think I was going to do, and That's it was cool. sunny, and I loved it, and I was like, I'm going to move here. <laughs> but also realized, like, after going to the thrift store to buy a pair of pants, it's like, wait, we don't have to, we don't have to walk anymore? Like, for real? <laughs> Are you sure this isn't just another town day? And it wasn't until we left Vancouver to go to Seattle, and I met two friends who had uh, met doing conservation work. Uh, They were leaving for a trip for a hike on the west coast of Vancouver Island. They were like, yeah, you can stay at our house. It's all yours. I'm like, wait, really? I've been on trail for four months. Now it's like access to all this stuff. I have access to Netflix and (laughs) internet and I, yeah, I sat on the couch and didn't move for like three days straight. Um, And it was weird because I missed the trail. And I missed the people that I'd met in Washington. Turns out a lot of us ended up in Seattle for a bit. So we all met up. um, That's nice. Reminisced. Um, But I was also ready to have like a, civilized lifestyle again where mm-hmm. like I, I didn't have to worry about a lot of things but then I forgot as I left Seattle went back to California um, I forgot how much I missed the simplicity yeah just knowing I need to look for water I need to make sure I have enough food I need to dig a hole to go to the bathroom without mosquitoes eating me alive <laughs> I need to have a place to stay that's flat-ish. Mm-hmm. And I need to know how far the next town is. That's it. I can count on one hand, pretty much. All that stuff. Which mm-hmm. 
something again the trail really reminds you of when you're back in with the rest of society and more of a normal again air quotes normal routine <laughs> yeah it it's so much simpler it reminds you that it teaches you and continually reminds you that you don't need a lot yeah and it wasn't until that really hit me while I was in California and I was really missing the trail and then I found out there was a project uh, with that conservation organization that I mentioned earlier I, I guess I didn't tell you it's it's the Student Conservation Association SCA mm-hmm. uh, they reached out saying hey we got this project that actually like goes along the PCT and I was like sign me up right now and I ended up yeah getting back on trail for a little bit uh, and That's just amazing. yeah it, it all kind of came full circle in that sense too it was like I actually forgot about it until we started talking. Is <laughs> I had to work on the PCT and just off the PCT in the Sierras too. Um, Damn. And met a Sobo hiker. I think she'll actually have done way more than I've ever done, but um, <laughs> she hasn't already. But no I comparison anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I ran into her when we got back to our trail camp, which was just off the trail. And I looked up, I was like, are you hiking the PCT? She's like, yeah, I'm going south. I'm like, oh my gosh, I finished going north like a few weeks ago. And and we, you know, we made her dinner because like, we had extra food and got mm. up there. And then we got talking a little more and it was like, where were you on this date or this date? And we finally figured it out. Like, I met you my first day in Washington. Just wow. very briefly, but I totally remember your accent. And I remember that shirt you had. It used to be pink. <laughs> That's great. So it, that was, again, it, it brought me back to like, man, this trail's awesome. Yeah. Did you so, also cry at Elena's YouTube short film? No, of course not. <laughs> Why would I ever cry watching Elena's? I was like, why did I watch this in a library? Go <laughs> I've never even hiked the PCT. Obviously, I want to, but, like, ah! <laughs> yeah, I was bawling. Because just everything she said about, a, it's the concept of, like, it's not the, you know? Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what trail it is. The concept is the same. You should have her on the show. Oh, my God, I know. I should. I, I should reach out to her. She's, like, famous yeah. now, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell her that every time we do end up connecting via message. <laughs> Remember that day I told you when you had like 3,000 hits that you're going to get really big? Yeah, now look at you. <laughs> For real, so, dude. She's got talent. <laughs> yeah. oh, amazing, amazing, beautiful storyteller. For um, real. But, yeah, so I guess I was lucky in the sense that I was able to get back on a trail on a different capacity but also, uh, I mentioned I ended up working for the PCTA the mm-hmm. following year. Um, but that was after I moved back to Montana for a little bit because I was I wasn't sure what to do with my life. Yeah. So that project that I had right after the PCT was only for like two months, and then uh, I ended up doing some other restoration work in the area. And then, you know, the holidays hit. So for seasonals, that's yeah. There's no no, no work. Yeah, it's the end. Yeah, and it is, it's so fitting, too, at that time when, like, the weather changes and the mood changes and mm. 
everybody's so high stress with the holidays and I'm just like, how do I get back on trail <laughs> and recapture some of those feelings that I didn't think I would miss? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for people to volunteer after the trail yeah, because you appreciate the trail so much more. When you actually have to dig a drain or clean out a drain or cut back the vegetation or you know cut out a log like oh I was complaining when I walked through this section now I realize how hard this is and it's volunteers mostly that do this work Mm. and Um, you just blew through it in like two seconds when you were walking but as a volunteer you spend like eight hours there (laughs) and then walk an even longer walk back to your camp with tools (laughs) exactly so I think that can help with a lot of people going through post-trail depression. Again, for me, I think it was after the first hike that was more um, difficult. And then also the year that I was doing the Humans of the PCT, it was really difficult not to just drop my tools and start walking north again with everybody. Yeah. Because it was so amazing to see how genuinely excited people were. And you kind of forget about that sometimes of like you want people to experience that you want people to love the trail you want people to have their own experience and part of you wants to take a little bit of that yeah. from them like i want that again too but it's like also a kid respecting... another kid in a lollipop everybody wants yeah. a lollipop <laughs> But if the, again, if the trail teaches you anything, it humbles you and, and you have to realize everybody has their own experience Yeah. and it's up to them to have it. It's not up to you. It's up to them. Yeah. Well, I think that that is a really perfect note to end on. Sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for making time. Thank you so much again for being here and listening to this episode of The Guidebook. I had a really great time talking to Prodigy, and I appreciate his candor in talking about his depression and feelings about thru-hiking. I'd like you to take the time to consider doing volunteer work after your next thru-hike. It certainly helps combat post-trail depression, and giving back to the trail is an incredible way to commemorate your thru-hike. If it weren't for trail crews, we wouldn't be thru-hiking in the first place. The southbound hiker in this part of the episode that was mentioned is Puff Puff. You can find her Instagram linked in the description. Thanks for being here, y'all. Now here's that clip I was talking about. I have thought about it. People keep asking, like, are you ever going to do one? I'm like, oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a work. <laughs> it's funny because, like, in a lot of ways, like, the, the barrier for entry is pretty low for podcasting. You don't need much. I spent like $40 to get started, but I yeah. will say like it's time consuming and it's, yeah. sometimes it's really enjoyable, but there are days like there are episodes where I was just like, I just don't want to be doing this right now, but I feel like I have to put it out. And when I stopped saying that, like I was going to put one out every week, that's when it became enjoyable for me again. And like, I wanted to take the time to get the music that I wanted and like use my voice properly and like actually learn how to edit well and like 
I don't know. I used to just, like, post the interview, basically, with, like, a really short intro. And now I'm like, no, this is a show. We're going to do this. <laughs> and that has made it more enjoyable. But, like, doing it for myself and my enjoyment and, like, to tell the story instead of doing it for, like, the weekly deadline has been a way better way to do it for me. Like, I know that I'm going to get maybe less listeners or less traffic or whatever, but, like, I don't really care because... I'm not killing myself for it, and I'm not making bad content because I don't want to be doing it, you know? So everything you said, if you just insert miles, it <laughs> was the exact same. Yeah, dude, and I feel like I'm constantly relearning this lesson with everything I do. Like, everything. Uh, life is about you and your experience and connecting with other human beings. That is all. If you make it about anything else, that's your choice. But you don't need to make it so hard. I try to keep telling myself this. We're constantly learning, as we should. And if we're not, then we're not living. Oh, for real. Yes, that is a motto to live by, honestly. (laughs) 